Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! Brad, we are back on Thompson to Clark and here I thought we were not going to have much stuff to talk about. We were actually going to lead... With Carlos Radon opts out of his second year with the Giants to become a free yeah. agent, and that's like super buried to the at the end of the show now because two things today just came out, and uh, let's hit the first one because I'm I'm really interested uh, because last week we talked about Aaron Judge and mm-hmm. the risk, not not really the risk, but the years and the money involved in signing someone who's already in his young 30s and how. Yeah. The age of that contract doesn't necessarily um, it it doesn't it doesn't really for the end of that contract doesn't look great. Uh, you, we talked about Pujols, even uh, Rendon is hurt now, and, and we'll see with some of these other guys, Robinson Cano, we talked about, and so that that could be a reason why the Giants don't go to that level uh, uh, of spending w- with him. The other thing is that. And we've talked about this over the year, but we didn't really talk about this last week. And that is about Shohei Otani because Otani, rather than uh, go into arbitration, I think he had one year. He signed a thirty-year deal, or thirty-year deal, a thirty million dollar deal, <laughs> one year for thirty million. Yeah, and he was recently in the news for talking about not not the most positive uh, about. The, the team about the angels. He also was like kind of nice about it. Like very, very respected, mm-hmm. very respectable guy there. But, you know, he basically said, look, you know, I, the, the end of the season was really, really long. And that's a, that's him basically saying losing sucks in, in his yeah. own way. And so an article comes out, I don't know, two hours ago, three hours ago from the athletic where they said, you know, what would it take to put together an Otani package for his one year this year and then you get to you you know you get to try and sign him and you get the one year to try to work out a deal now i imagine teams will know if he has interest in signing with them after because he chose the angels specifically right like there was this you know when he was a free agent and he came over here 
there was a long red carpet rolled out for him in all these different cities. The Giants were one of them. We we think the Giants finished pretty highly in, in that discussion, but the Angels went out. And now it's possible that they could try and get a boatload of, of prospects back for him. I don't know if I want to be the GM who trades Shohei Otani. Like that seems to be a bad <laughs> mark on your record. But right. if that trade is out there, uh, th- this would probably be the most uh, prospect-heavy trade in baseball history is my guess because, man, some of the trades that were thrown out there in that athletic article were wild. Like the, the Andrew Bagley had the Giants giving up like four <laughs> of their best prospects, and uh, including Luciano, including Harrison. So what is your overall and, and it is the off season. So we're we're kind of making stuff up. This this is probably not a problem yet, but you know, kind of foreshadowing what could be. What was your thought when you read that piece today? Well, well, Perry Manassian, who is the Angels GM, <clears throat> and the reason this kind of came about is because he's the Angels GM and he came out today and said, We are not trading Otani. In the offseason is what he said. So that, that kind of opens it up a little bit for the regular season. Um, but, you know, just because somebody says this guy's not available, that doesn't mean anything. If somebody comes with a prospect deal um, or any other deal that the GM likes, he's going to go crazy for it. And, and so and and just a little background on Perry Manassian, uh, who is the, the Angels GM. He was hired in November of 2020 to a four-year contract. So 21, 22, and now going into his third year of his four-year deal. Um, he needs to turn this club around because the Angels are not a winning baseball team. Yeah. Uh, they have not made the playoffs. Uh, I, I know that's frustrating for Angels fans. I, I know a lot of Angels fans um, – because being a Rams fan, uh, a lot of Rams fans are either Angels fans or Dodger fans. Uh, so I know a lot of Angels fans, and I know they get so excited at the beginning of the season. Everything's, yeah, we're doing this and we're battling, but they're in the AL West. I mean, you've got the Astros, who are now the you know defending world champs. You've got uh, the Mariners, who are up and coming. So you're, you're in that division fighting. Um, uh, and the Rangers. Rangers are going to make a push now. They have Bochy uh, and, and some Great shortstops. Got a lot of really good shortstops <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> you know, I think it's kind of just smoke and mirrors to say he won't be traded in the offseason. Uh, you know, again, if a deal comes along, he can be had. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really exciting because if you're a fan of baseball, if your team does not have Shohei Otani, you want Shohei Otani. Yeah, uh, he is he is a star. Star. I mean, if there's a star in baseball, it's him. Um, I would love to see him in the playoffs. I would love to see him in the World Series. I would love to see how he's managed in the playoffs mm-hmm. as a pitcher and a hitter. Um, you know, that would be fantastic. Is he going to hit on the days that he pitches? I hope so, because that bat is tremendous. Uh, you know, batting average dipped a little bit this year. But again, when the whole club is losing that you know, that, that just happens, but he is an unrestricted free agent in 2024. So one year, $30 million deal. This is it. Uh, I, I think he can be had for prospects. If you're the giants or any, any of these teams, right? I think right. there are a couple things that I try and figure out 
and how you do this through tampering, I'm not exactly sure, but I want to know, are we an organization that he wants to spend a, a, a long time with? Because if you trade for that one year and he's like, peace, I'm out of here. Like, man, talk about, you know, talk about throwing your whole farm system out of whack for one year of a guy. Yeah. I think the reason why he's so valuable when it comes to this, uh, this trade or this trade idea is because you get that one year buffer to bargain with him, to negotiate with him, to sort of figure out, okay, what is the eight year, nine year, 10 year deal going to look like? You know, how, how does, how, how are we putting this thing together? And you got the whole year to do that because if you trade for him and let's just throw a team out there, um, Let's say, let's say Texas, you know, and he's like, well, the amount of money we've spent on all these players, I don't know how much we're going to spend in the future. I, I'm not in on, on this. And then you're Texas and you give all these players for him and, and you're kind of screwed. So I would want to know, and I think this has got to be part of the calculus. Does he want to play for your organization? Does he want to play in your area? Uh, Los Angeles was a yes for him. Is the Bay Area a yes for him? I would imagine so. Uh, is Texas a yes for him? You know, who knows? Is Seattle a yes for him? Probably, right? Because, yeah. uh, you know, Ichiro played there. So that would be the first thing that I would look at. The second thing that I would look at is how likely is it that he resigns with the team that trades for him. Now, I just said that the team that trades for him probably is going to have to do a lot of, lot of, uh, just researching and and figuring out, you know, talking to his people, talking to his friends, because the Giants could think about it this way and go, well, let's wait for him to hit free agency, and then let's spend the moon to get him and still keep our prospects. So. That is a risk because of what I just said about the due diligence. Some of these other teams are going to do if they did want to trade for him. And, uh, and yeah, like the, like the whole thing is so fascinating. Um, it is, it's, it's hot stove talk. It's why we can do a podcast in November, several days after the world series is over, uh, the the winter meetings haven't begun yet. There's this new draft lottery that's going to happen for the three worst teams in baseball to, or whatever <laughs> it is to get the top pick. There, yeah. you know, and, and our second topic is going to be this, uh, this the whatever the veterans committee is now called the eras or the eras committee or whatever they called it. And you know, Barry Bonds is going to be up to to possibly be uh, inducted in the Hall of Fame. So there's so many things to talk about. Uh, and this is one of them. And I, I love it because who doesn't want to talk about Shohei? This isn't like, you know, you have other avenues or, or other sports and you have guys like Kyrie Irving. Like that's the part of non-basketball talk that nobody wants to talk about. I don't want to talk about right. Kyrie Irving, right? No. Let's talk about Shohei though. Shohei is fantastic. Shohei should be on the level of a Steph Curry and a LeBron James and a Tom Brady. Well, maybe not Tom Brady right now. Come on, Giselle. <laughs> well, he looked fine against the Rams yesterday in the fourth quarter with one minute left. I'll tell you that. Okay. <laughs> I don't understand how you lost that game, by the way. 
Uh, because we didn't score enough points in the first 59 minutes. That's why our offense is putrid right now. The offensive line is ghastly. Every time we got the ball, I felt like it was just, here comes another three and out. So yeah, it's... The only reason I'm going to bring this up is because our network of podcasts here, yeah, Roderick and I were on We Want Winners yesterday. And I had the Rams game on in the corner. Seattle and Arizona had already finished, and I put the Rams and the Bucks on. And I was like, Brady's, you know, in the red zone, doinks a, a pass off somebody's face mask. Was that is that Evans? Did it, it was like somebody's face in mask. the end zone. Yeah, yeah, it's somebody right in the face. Yeah, and then <laughs> uh, and then they can't get I think it, it on was, fourth. Down. I think it was actually Godwin. Okay, okay. So then you guys get the ball back. And then I see Cooper Cup, I think, on a jet sweep or something. And then he slides and stays in bounds, doesn't stop the clock. And I'm like, okay, this game's over. And so we're doing the podcast. And then it must have been a minute later, I look over and Brady's got the ball again. And I was like, wait, what happened? And then I saw the the last scoring play. And I couldn't believe that that happened to your poor football team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of getting used to it at this point. So, uh, but Sean McVay did say changes will be made next week. I don't know. <laughs> I hope but it's, yeah, uh, I hope it's rivers oh. starting running back. Cause I picked him up. No, I, we have game. another kid, uh, 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 Kyron Williams, who is a fantastic running back, a Steven Jackson type of guy. Oh, um, so I may have to pick him and, up. Yeah, so he's he's uh, he he was hurt in the first game of the season on special teams, um, and he's going to be coming back here. And I think everybody kind of wants to see him get plugged in. So should be exciting. But yeah, Shohei. I mean, I could talk about Shohei all day long. Um, I don't think, and and again, being in Anaheim. I know it's a Los Angeles market, but he's in Anaheim and he's playing with the angels. And for some reason you've got star power of trout and Shohei, And he's just not talked about enough. And again, is it the, is it the East coast bias? Is it the West coast? By the time the games are over, um, it's two o'clock in the morning on the East coast. Um, that's why the coverage isn't there. You hear about Shohei the next day, but by then everybody's moved on and ready for the next day's games. Um, but man, if he stays on the West Coast and they don't talk about him, but he's in the orange and black, I don't <laughs> care. I will not care, man, because he, you know, he turns 29 in May next year, I think, uh, around May, June, somewhere in there. Uh and, and and so for us to be talking about yes yes you know all last week we you know I'd love to have Judge and and still I I still would love to have Judge, but but if we got Shohei, give him a ten year deal I don't care I mean the 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 seats he would put in the stands, his ridiculous talent uh, to watch a guy like that pitch every well he he pitches every f- sixth or seventh day uh, is kind of how the Angels are working with him. And then to be able to hit and DH and do everything else that he does. Um, he only stole 11 bases this year, but he is a base dealer. He could steal 20 or 30 now with bigger bases next year. And now with only two pickoff moves, we might see he could steal 40 bases possibly. Um, <laughs> I could talk, I could talk about the guy all day, man. I, I would love to see him in the orange or black. I would love to see him in the giants, him and Trey Turner, lock him up. And uh, you know, at that point, I'd be fine if we didn't get Judge. He could go somewhere okay. else. It's fine. So th- that's my next yeah. question, which yeah. is yeah. last week we talked all about Judge and 
you know, the San Francisco is all about Aaron Judge right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't I don't know if I didn't think there was an opportunity to trade for Otani after he signed, but it just seemed like okay, he's gonna the his story is gonna be next year uh in the offseason. That's where it's right now it's judge's time. Next year it's gonna yeah. be Otani's time. And I yeah, who would you like if you had to pick now, we're being greedy because we could get neither, like both could say, sorry yeah. guys, you know, we're we're gonna go back to the Yankees and you know, wherever Shohei goes, because I'm sure the Dodgers will be in on him big time. Oh, yes. Yeah. Who would you rather have? Who would I rather have? For short term, I think I'd rather have Judge. For long term, we're talking. So so let's say two-year deal. I think I'd rather have Judge. Uh, and, and then you knew after two years they were going to walk. They had an opt out. They're going to be somewhere else. Uh, not not the judge or Otani is even going to get any kind of deal like that because nobody is going to give those guys uh, uh, and they don't need it a, a two year and then opt out. They're not trying to prove anything at this point. Um, they're not coming off of injuries. But but if you're talking long term, if you're talking eight, nine, ten year deal, give me Shohei all day. I mean, I I would take him in a heartbeat if you said. 10 years, 350 million. I, I do it. 10 year, 400 million. Do it. Get him locked up. I mean, the guy is a, a generational talent. Um, you're not going to see anybody like him in a, in a very, very long time. I wonder if it takes five. Could, could you foresee a baseball team, uh, an organization paying a player a half of a billion dollars? Uh, him, I could, I mean, honestly, I could, because you're getting a pitcher and you're getting a 30 plus home run guy. I mean, and, and he could hit 300. We've seen it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I could see easily he's worth that because he can do the two things. Now, if you said Aaron judge was getting 500 million, (laughs) I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he can hit home runs and he's a good enough outfielder. Uh, and he can hit 300, mm-hmm. but he can't pitch. He can't go out there and, and strike out 15 guys on any given night with, with what has he got, like seven pitches? Uh, I mean, this is, he, he's ridiculous. That Shohei is who you build your team around, and the Angels are, are stupid for not locking him up at this point and saying, instead of the one-year deal, I don't know why they didn't come in, and, and unless he just didn't want to, unless he said, you know, I, you can buy out my Arb year. Let's not argue. Let's not do all right. that stuff. Let's just do that and get it over with, um, which is most likely what happened. So I think the writing is kind of on the wall that most mm-hmm. likely he will not be back in Anaheim. Um, are they still called the Los Angeles Angels? Of Anaheim? <laughs> no, I think they're just called the Los Angeles Angels. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so oh, that was bad. <laughs> so, okay, so. Um... <laughs> Let's say that 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 is the case. Now the GM just goes public and is like, "We're not trading him in the off season." Yeah. Whether or not that is true, I I, I don't. He's he's just trying to drive up leverage. Yeah. I think if if you are going to trade him, you do trade him in this off season because, and this is where the ten years gets tricky for me. He's a pitcher. He's already had the elbow surgery 
mm-hmm. right? That that yeah. affected his ability to to pitch. And you know, we're we're talking about you know Carlos Rodon getting a two year deal because there's worries about his longevity a, as a pitcher. That's where it kind of throws you for a loop a little bit. You're like, yep, ten years, and you're like, oh wait. He's going to be in his late 30s. Is he going to be Verlander good in his late 30s or Scherzer good in his late 30s? Sign me up because those guys are yeah. awesome. Or is he going to be DeGrom uh, where, you know, he's only making 15 starts a year because of injuries? So that, and, and DeGrom is still like fantastic in those 15 starts. But that's kind of where it gets tricky. And he's a unicorn in that sense because we haven't seen him. Now, if he shuts it down completely, cannot pitch anymore is his value as an outfielder and a DH, the level of a 40 to $50 million contract. It's possible, but, but you know, that, that does separate him is, is the pitching piece. And, uh, and, and maybe he becomes a John Smoltz at the end of his career, right? Maybe he goes to the bullpen and and closes game. So that's also very interesting, but, I find the conversation fascinating. Whenever you can talk about a guy like this, he's not going to win the MVP. But if you talk about value to one's team, it, he's clearly the most valuable player in all of baseball. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like it's just, yeah. it, you know, if you're adding value, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever that he's not. But, you know, at the same time, even as valuable as he is, they still suck. And, you know, they've yeah. sucked how many years with, having trout as cumulatively the best baseball players since the, you know, the 2010s or whatever. So whatever they're doing over there, they're doing it wrong because they can't put together a respectable baseball team. Uh, So if if you're Otani and if you have his people, I'm like, man, they haven't been really good since, you know, the early two thousands. Let's uh, let's change, change it up here. But, that's it's it's going to be crazy. It's like big. I can't think of anything to a sport that is bigger than him being available for a trade. Uh, you know, again, LeBron James, Steph Curry, those guys are never going to be traded. They'll never be available for trade. You know, LeBron has changed teams a bunch of different times, but that's it. That's in free agency. Mm-hmm. Uh Kevin Durant, you know, not not a free agent in football. You know, the Christian McCaffrey thing was a big deal, but that was more because of a team who was terrible dumping a player to get you know more players who they think that they had the best years of that player's career. So football's a little yeah. different. I, yeah, football, you have that shorter career span. You have mm-hmm. that shorter time span. But you did hit the nail on the head too when you said, you know, about the pitching. Like get <laughs> get what you can for him right now. Yeah. Because he's not like an Aaron Judge where, you know, Aaron Judge could come back next year and also hit 50 or 60 home runs. Um, Shohei Otani gets a tweak in the elbow or whatever. Sure, he could hit 30 home runs, but all of a sudden he's not pitching. He's not striking out 15 guys. He's not your every fifth or sixth day starter. Um, And can I just, can I just, just for a second, can I just imagine what it would be like if Shohei won the MVP this year? I just want to imagine what Yankees fans would do. <laughs> they, <laughs> they would collectively implode is what would happen. I, I mean, we all know that Judge is going to win it because that 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 Yankees team does not make the playoffs if they don't have Aaron Judge. Um, you, you, I wish we could say the same for 
Otani. I mean, he did, he didn't carry the team like that. But also, the rest of the the Angels were just bad, and Trout was hurt for yeah. the majority. But he's he's of been hurt. As well. now, when is he going to be better? Yeah. Hopefully next year. I mean, and and then is he going to want out? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if Shohei's gone, is he going to say, "What am I doing here? I'm just." I don't have we seen Trout in the playoffs yet? I think we did. I think there was one year where they went to Boston, right, to play a three of five series. Um, but but you know what? I think he was hurt. So I I'll look I it don't, up. Yeah, I don't even think he played in the playoffs. But <laughs> you know, but, but I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, ta- I'm talking yeah. kind of poorly about this suit. I'm like, when is he going to be healthy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he still hit 40 bombs this year. Like, I, what, exactly. What I mean, it's a, he was, but 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 again, he was still hurt. There was a good portion of the year he was hurt. But he's one of those guys again. Now, why why if he hits 40 bombs and Shohei does what he does, why do the Angels not make the playoffs this year? And again, AL West. You've got Seattle that just played otherworldly this year, uh, and then and then you've got Houston. You're always going to be behind those two teams, um, even with an extra wild card. They weren't even in it, but they lost 14 games in a row in September. So the one the one year usually take you out of it. <laughs> the one year Mike Trout played in the uh, in the postseason was 2014, a, a very memorable yeah. year for us. And yes. the Royals swept the Angels in a three-zero. Trout was one for fifteen, and that one hit was a home run. That's the only time he's had any playoff at bats. Okay, so there you go. Fifteen at bats in the playoffs for Mike Trout. How many regular season at bats does he have? I'm gonna put uh, you on the spot, and make you look that one up. <laughs> uh, well, okay, <laughs> let's see. He's played. Uh, 2011 was his first year, so he's this is like year 12 for him. Let's yeah. say 400 at bats. So I'd say what 5,000? Pro- yeah, probably 5,000 at bats and 15 in the postseason. Yeah, I mean that's ridiculous for a talent like that. Free Otani, free Trout. Come on, Angels. Uh, it was it's guys. uh 5,094 at bats. Wow. And 6,159 plate appearances. Mike Trout, up until uh, 2017, he had four years in a row of playing 157 games or more. And then 2017, 114, 18, 140, 19, 134. The bubble season, he played 53. Last year, not 22, 21, he only played 36 games. That, you know what? That's probably the year I'm thinking of. Then, yeah. Where he was. How many games last year, 2022? Uh, he played in 119. Okay. And he and again, he was banged up. I think he had a thigh injury this year, but it was early on in the season. Um, man. He, this, is, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. Now, I'm just looking at this baseball reference page because we're looking this up. Mike Trout has either finished first or second in the MVP voting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven times in his career. Three-time MVP, and he's finished second twice. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Again, it is a crime that these guys are not in the postseason playing meaningful October baseball, and instead we're watching 
I don't know. I don't want to bash on anybody. Instead, we're watching other players. How about yeah. That? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Barry Bonds here. Now, there is something called the Contemporary Baseball Era Players Committee who voted for <laughs> eight players for a, I think it's a December, when is this, when does this vote happen? December 14th? Okay, so it's coming, it's coming soon up. in the next four or five weeks. And of the eight players, Barry Bonds is one of them. Now, this is the did, did this used to be called the Veterans Committee and they just changed the name of it? I couldn't tell you, man. This uh, this this should tell you right there that the Hall of Fame is weird. <laughs> it's just really weird, man. It is very I don't, I mean, weird. It's weird that Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame. It's it's weird that there's a lot of other players that aren't in, in the Hall of Fame, and it's weird that we have a Hall of Fame contemporary committee. I don't even know what that means, man. Yeah, there's a lot of bureaucracy <laughs> involved. I mean, there's a lot of bureaucracy involved in baseball in general. But yeah. so what's going to happen is that this committee is going to vote for uh, a 2023 class. And the idea is... These players, for one reason or another, did not get selected. Uh, it, it, sometimes it has to do with like the old and old and olden days of, of baseball, where they're trying to create the whole history of baseball, and you know maybe there's some guys who uh, who who were left out and who should be in. Uh, and then in other instances, uh, you're voting in managers, you're voting, you're voting in broadcasters, you're voting in umpires, and all that stuff. And in this scenario, I believe this is like the post-1980 folks. And there's just a bunch of guys who we, you know, we've mentioned Will Clark before. Will Clark was on this list um, and, and guys who just didn't make it. And so now that they, they, they cultivate a 16 member committee will vote on December 4th. So it's actually December 4th, not the 14th. And any candidate receiving 12 out of those 16 votes will earn the election. Now, there's some really fun players on this list. Yeah. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Albert, don't call me Joey Bell, <laughs> Don Mattingly, Fred McGriff, Dale Murphy, Rafael Palmero, and Kurt Schilling. So those eight were selected out of a much bigger, uh, a much bigger pie of players and they will get voted on. I, I was trying to find out uh, who the era committee is because I couldn't figure like, are I, I'm assuming they're writers. Um, I, I know there's a baseball writer who's one of the 11, they call them veteran historians. Because mm -hmm. my, my thought was, is like, okay, well, if this, if this writer's list of 16 is a little on the younger end, then Bonds and Clemens and n maybe not Palmero, but Bonds and Clemens specifically have a really good shot. But if this is an older uh, class of writers, I still don't think they're going to get in. I'm not. Yeah. I, I mean, it takes you to the hall of fame website when you click on the contemporary baseball era players committee, 1980 to present, um, but yeah, it's a method of appointment. The Hall of Fame's board of directors shall appoint 
the committee. (laughs) It's very, uh, very ominous, but yeah, doesn't doesn't say who's on there, but it is a sixteen person committee. Yeah, I couldn't find I couldn't find the list no. of people on, on it, so it's it's hidden no. somewhere, probably for good reason. They don't want these guys to be yelled at. Yeah, no, they're going to be hounded right it. now because you need twelve of sixteen votes per person to get in. So you, you've got to have twelve of the sixteen. Um, God, I mean, any other time you're looking at this list and you're going, Roger Clemens should be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mattingly probably should be in, um, w- which and there's no steroid issue there. Fred, the crime dog McGriff, should be in probably. Dale Murphy, probably again for the era that he played in, he was the one of the most talked about players. Yeah, when we were when his, we were younger, I think he was yeah. like a three time MVP or something like that. Yeah, that was the guy. I mean, he was the masher. He was the home run guy. Um, Rafael Palmero. I mean, he's a dick, but I guess, <laughs> I guess he probably should be in too. If you're talking, these other guys should be in. Kurt Schilling's not in probably because of his politics. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of what has kept him out. So a lot of these guys should be in the Hall of Fame already. Um, is this a committee that's going to make it right? I don't, I really don't know. Um, I, I, I would imagine one or two of these guys get in. And I can imagine it going the route of Dale Murphy and Don Mattingly, right? Two guys that aren't associated with steroids just to say, look, we're working, we're doing something. There's a reason for this committee. Um, I could also very easily see Bonds getting in. Uh, He's probably one of the best baseball players we will ever see uh, in our lifetime. I I mean, we know, I know we just talked about Shohei, but Shohei did is not Barry Bonds. Barry no. Bonds was different. Very, I mean, there's, there's nobody that we're ever going to see that is Barry Bonds material. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's weird, man. It's, it's one of those complete toss ups. It can easily go either way. So Jason Stark from the athletic, mm-hmm. he thinks, and he doesn't predict, but he thinks Fred McGriff kind of fits what this, committee is is looking for somebody who's just overlooked for whatever reason yeah um he says uh he writes uh he fell off the writer's ballot after 10 tries in 2019 he never received 40 percent of the vote in any election but i've often said that mcgriff was the most criminally undersupported candidate of all time and he might just be the early favorite to get elected by this group of hall of fame players executives and writer historians. Okay, so there are players involved in this list and executives yes. and writers. Okay, so that 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 may lean a little bit more towards uh Barry, but then again, if you're a clean player who made the Hall of Fame, do you want to vote in the guy who took steroids? Ah, I don't know. That one's that one's tough. Too. That, that's that's tough. That's why they got to put in Pete Rose and then that way. <laughs> <laughs> right? Just go ahead. And that's another reason and that's another one too. I know I know Pete Rose is banned for life. That's a whole other show. I don't want to get in. We could we could do a whole show on Pete Rose. That's, yeah, totally. You know that's just kind of a mess. But but looking at Bond's percentages in the you know the years that he was eligible, he started out at just thirty six percent of the vote. Mm-hmm. So everybody was very angry with him when he first made the Hall of Fame ballot. Yep. Then he went to down to thirty four, and we thought, oh crap, he's just going to fall off this thing in the next couple of years. Then he bumped up to thirty six. 
44, 53, 56, 59, 60, 61, and finished at 66%. Yeah. So I wonder if they're going to take any of that into consideration because McGriff's numbers never getting above 40%, but Bonds finishing the last three years above 60%. Is that going to play into that committee or are they just going to completely ignore those numbers altogether? So that that's, that's a question that I'm kind of curious about. Yeah. So he finishes off by saying, why is McGriff, uh, the kind of early favorite to get in. He says he just fits the profile players who get the support of groups like this, a two-time home run champ who played 19 years, popular teammate everywhere he went, would have reached 500 home runs if not for the strike of 94. And it all seems perfect for this committee. You can just feel the love building in the room for a guy like this. Um, right. So it sounds, you know, he he could be one. I, I kind of like the idea of Mattingly and Murphy getting in just because, yeah. you know, when we're growing up, baseball is bigger than life for us. And they're two of the biggest stars in baseball at that point. You know, 19, you're talking yeah. when I first started really, really following, it is 1984. And Mattingly and Dale Murphy are two of the biggest stars in baseball at that point. Yeah. Uh, Palmero, Albert Bell, Albert Bell's just like a, a disliked guy. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said Palmero's a dick. How about Albert? Don't yeah. call me Joey Bell. That don't guy was Joey just Bell. a and then, huge pain in the butt. Yeah. And then didn't he like cork his bat and he's got like tremendous oh, yeah. power and he's still corking his bat. Oh yeah, he corked his bat. He, you know, almost killed Fernando Vina when he was <laughs> running towards second base. Uh, and then he, uh, I, th I think he threw a ball into the stands and hit somebody in the chest too. Um, there was that time where he refused to step in the box because he was didn't like the pitch, um, the call, and so he just stood outside the box. And the umpire said, "Oh no, no, that's what it was." He got hit by a pitch, and he stood in the box and said, "Nope." I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to first base. Yeah, go to YouTube, find the <laughs> Albert Bell refuses to go to first base video. It is absolutely fantastic. They they're not going to play. They they just said, you know, the umpire said, "Well, we're not going to play until you go to first base. You got to hit." I, I mean, it, cleanly, you got it. There was no question. And he just said, "No, I want I want this guy. I want to keep it." Yeah. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. Fun. Uh, okay, and then he's <laughs> what he says what uh what Jason Stark says about Bonds and Clemens is he says, you don't need George Mitchell to tell you it has never been about whether these two guys had numbers. It's about the other stuff and still is. Maybe this committee will surprise us and be more willing to overlook those performance-enhancing drug clouds than the writers were. But what's more likely is that the ex-players on this committee will want no part of sharing the podium with Bonds and Clemens anytime soon on a July afternoon in Cooperstown. Hmm. So something that's kind of interesting and I would love to see how this plays out. And someone like Jason Stark would be probably the guy to talk about it. Peter Gammons, one of those guys who follow this stuff so closely, which is if Bonds had five more years, as you were reading off those percentages, he could probably get to 75. He, he mm -hmm. just ran out of time. His percentages were growing and growing and growing. And what that has to do with is more than likely some of the older writers who were holding him accountable for the steroid stuff falling off, some younger writers coming in going like, yeah, I get it, but he's still one of the best players. We can't keep him out. In three years, I think they do this again. And if Bonds and Clemens or anybody on this list don't get in 
this year, I think there's another vote in, in three years from now. I don't know if the mindset of that group changes much in three years like the writers were were because the like like exactly what Jason said, what the players, you know, want standing next to them uh, could be the same. So this may not work the same way in which, you know, we're like, ah, if Bonds only had a few more years, he gets in. This may not work that way. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you're right. I I think it may not work that way. Um, if, if I mean, if if the word is that they're leaning towards McGriff, he's the opposite guy of Barry Bonds. Um, you know, the opposite uh, aura, the opposite. Um, you know what happened in baseball, and and so I think they're kind of almost making a point with that if if they went that route to say look here's a guy that should have hit 500 home runs here's another guy that hit 700 plus home runs but shouldn't have hit 700 and plus home runs uh it's kind of what they would be saying with 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 going with McGriff in that point um but you know the, but like you said Bonds was hurt those first four years you know under 45 percent the first four years of his mm-hmm. of his voting um I don't know, man. It, it's it's so crazy. The Hall of Fame, I think it, when we were kids, up until probably about, I don't know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, the Hall of Fame was like the stuff, man. That was when, when your guys, when you saw a guy get elected to the Hall of Fame, you go, man, that guy really it was one of baseball's best. And then you saw the highlights and everything else. Now it just kind of feels like, the Hall of Fame is here. You know, it's it's in our heads. That's our Hall of Fame. We yeah. know what Bonds did. We we saw what Bonds did on the field. I mean, I, even before the cloud of of steroids, he had Hall of Fame numbers. If you just let's say he blew out his knee and could never play again before he even took a drop of steroids, you took all those numbers. He's probably still in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was that good all around of a player. Um, you know, just just. Willie Mays type of player and you don't see those guys come around all the time. So, but I don't know. Committees, man, committees, they're going <laughs> to, they're going to do what they're going to do and they're going to feel super righteous about it too. And that's, yeah. you know, yeah. All right. So uh, before we get to the rest of the show, let's talk about uh, what we are drinking here. Uh, I'll, I've, I've been going first a lot just because I've All been right, so we'll excited go. to share, uh, but you can go ahead first this time. All right. So I just went, uh, it's cold, man. It's getting cold. Wow. It, yeah, it's getting cold. Uh, we were supposed to get, we got a little bit of snow in the mountains. You can't see it now. Now it's dark because of daylight savings time. My favorite or the, whatever it's called now daylight savings is gone or back to regular. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> so I went with the Lagavulin, uh, the eight year. It's very smoky, very peaty. One of my favorite scotches. Uh, my dad bought this for me for Christmas last year. Heck yeah, it is man. now November. You see where I'm at? Yeah. I, <laughs> Cause I like you to have, nurse it's, it's, my scotches. time and place for it. Exactly. And so this is kind of the kickoff to, I know it's still fall, but this is the kind of the kickoff to winter. Only another week, right? Another week for, yeah, for fall? Yeah, just another yeah. week. Yeah. yeah. And and tomorrow is election day. Uh, we have go out one, and vote. Go out and vote. I already you vote already? 
I did. There we go. Yeah, we dropped off our ballots this morning. Yeah, I like to. So I did the mail in, but I walked over to our mailing or to our to our voting site, which is like ten minutes away, and I dropped them oh, in. Okay, scan them right there. And there you go. Yeah, I just do it that way. Um, kids are out of school tomorrow because it is election day, and they use in Washoe County. We use so many schools for voting uh, that they just shut down the schools for the day, uh, which is great. Cause the kids are like, it's Friday night again. Yeah. You know, and then we have veterans day on Friday. So then they go to school, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and then they have a three day weekend. So God, do uh, I, I don't think I have veterans day off. Do you have veterans day off? I do. I work for the government. So yeah. Yeah. I don't think I, ha- I don't think I have veterans. Day. And if it's on a Wednesday, you get Wednesday off. So you get whatever the actual, so it's November, November 11th. So whatever the day is, you get that actual day day off so sometimes you go to work monday tuesday you're off wednesday you go to work thursday friday so yeah here's what i'm gonna do because just because i don't know um i'm live slacking my coworkers. (laughs) there you go if we have friday off because my wife has it off she works for a, a, a school um and the kids have it off now i work from home so i'll still be here yeah but That'd be that'd be cool if I had Friday off. Get some yeah. Uh, it's kind of get some MLB the it, show action going on. Exactly. It's a nice day to actually kind of get out. And you know, it it is Veterans Day, so we do. You know, we think about the veterans and everything. But um, you know, we also go out and try to get a hike in or something. Usually, the weather is fairly decent. But th- this week, the weather is not fairly decent. It was we we had fifty mile an hour gusts last night. Um, I had to take so much CBD that oh wow I, I still I still woke up in the middle of the night like two or three times to you and my wife man room. you guys got yeah, you guys I, got the little anxiety when you guys go to sleep I thought the, I thought the rain I thought the roof was going to come off it was you know it was shaking the house it was so hardcore um anytime uh, and I could sleep like a log through anything without CBD but if I know the wind is kicking that night I will get some of that because i like to sleep through all that but i did not i woke up probably i don't know five six times do you do the little sleep thing with your apple watch uh you know i just turn it to sleep mode and then uh, we have a sleep number bed that tracks your sleep that way too okay so i you know one or the other i try to wear my watch as much as i can to bed because i like the heart rate monitor Mm -hmm. um i'm one of those people that does so much cardio that my sleep heart rate is like 45. It's it's very low. (laughs) It is extremely low. So I love to look at that number in the morning because even when I get up in the morning, I'm like 48, 49, right? When I wake up and then it starts to get up. My, my resting heart rate during the day is like 52 or 53 or something like that. So if, if I have a drink, my sleep is going to be affected. Yes. Uh, So, Last couple of days we we've we've gone out and and then last night I had a drink just because I was I was like ah, I kind of want a drink but my sleep wasn't affected my sleep was pretty much okay uh, so I'm three days in a row I'm pushing it man with with having a drink so yeah Tuesday through uh, the weekend I won't I won't drink anything so it'll it'll be back but yeah the, my heart rate I can tell because my heart rate will be up. Uh, uh, sleeping wise when I drink. Yeah. See, now if I have it early enough, I'm usually okay. So this is fine because it's only what, you know, 545 at night. So I'll be good by the time I go to bed. But yeah, if I have a beer 
and then I go to bed and I'm still feeling that beer, it's not going to be a good night's sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Ron Swanson mm. was a big Lagavulin guy. Absolutely, yes. And that, like, I've I've always wanted, I was like, okay, you know, did he get, they, they sponsored that whiskey, like, for every show, he's drinking that whiskey, every single I, show. Yeah. Like, what's going on there? Does he get, did he have a piece of that? Dude. I'm not sure, but, but at the, remember the end of the series, he got a share in the company. Mm-hmm. And actually owned part of the company, and he was in front of the. I guess they gave it to him as a gift when he retired. Yeah, that was. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, Leslie's whole like she had like she sent him on a goose chase for for the end of the show. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah, yeah um, fantastic. Th- yeah, so I, I feel like because I love that show, and I literally did not watch it until 2022. Okay, I'd never seen it before. And Crystal was like, "We're gonna watch this show." Uh, you know, we had done the office. Like, I, I, uh, I hadn't seen all of the office, but we went back through the office. And then she wanted to watch Parks and Rec, and I was like, "Okay, let's watch Parks and Rec." We're probably gonna do. Oh, now we're doing How I Met Your Mother, and yeah, then next after How I Met Your Mother, we'll do Community. But How I Met Your Mother's like nine seasons with like seven hundred episodes each season. I'm like, how do you guys? Do yeah. That? Like, what? <laughs> like, holy cow! And you're gonna um, love Community as well. That is, yeah. Eclectic, so, weird, fantastic. Yes, but uh, but yeah. So I need to get uh, I, I need to get the same uh, whiskey that that your dad got you because just yeah. just for like that's cool. Like to be on that TV show. Oh and yeah. just he that's the only the thing bottle he would is drink. cool too. Yeah, so I'm, I I need to get me yeah. some. All right, it's, so for it's me, very good. It's if you like smoky peaty whiskeys, it's man. It is so good. Okay, so you everyone's been seeing my highball glass here. Uh, I hadn't had this in a while. It's been sitting in in the drawer. Uh, Jameson's Stout flavored uh, whiskey, and I like last year and the year before, and really the year before when we were in the pandemic season for like a a, a one o'clock football game. I would have a highball with with the e- either the stout or the IPA flavored Jameson. And I was doing that, you know, that was kind of fun to to do during watching a game. Niners were kind of bad in 2020, so that helped. <laughs> um, yeah, but I hadn't had this in a while, and I was like, I was gonna go Terramana. You still have that ginger beer. I was gonna go Mule, and then I was like, oh, I still have the, a little bit of this stout left, so I decided to do the stout. Uh, whiskey with the seltzer water and a little bit of lemon juice. And I'm, I'm feeling like it's Sunday one o'clock and the Niners are, are, are losing to the, uh, <laughs> the Cardinals for no reason whatsoever. That's, that's how I feel right now. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like yesterday with the Rams game, we got to the fourth quarter and I was like, I'm cracking a beer. I don't <laughs> care. I mean, the sun's going down. Time has changed. Uh, you know, it was a, a harrowing fourth quarter, and, and, and I needed to have one at that point. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. I did get a message. Do we have Friday off? Nope. That's- nope. Oh, man. You need a government job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the last two topics that we are talking about here. 
Uh, actually, count two and a half. We'll, we'll get through yep. this quickly, though. It's already, we're already 50 minutes in. Uh, we got to see one Dusty Baker finally win a World Series. I didn't know that game six was not just a Giants thing. There was a game six in 2003 when he left the Giants and he went to the Cubs. Yeah. The Steve Bartman game was game six for, for Dusty Baker. I didn't realize that. I had forgotten that that was game six until you sent me that link yesterday. And I thought, man, he, he went back to the Giants days. And then I started thinking about some of his other games. And I go, oh, man, it's yeah, it's been rough. <laughs> yeah. You know who um, you know, who else was was relieved that Dusty won? None other than Russ Ortiz. 2002 Poor Russ Ross. Ortiz starting pitcher Giants are, are what are we up 5-0 in in, yeah, in yeah, game 6 nothing. Yeah Dusty takes out Russ gives Russ the baseball and all hell breaks loose the baseball gods were like don't you dare do that Dusty Yeah and Dusty Do you think if like, he I'm just wondering if he could go back in time would he <laughs> have left him in or not even just left him in, maybe just not given him the game at <laughs> Dusty's like, man, I, I smoke with Jimi Hendrix. I can do whatever I want. That's true. And and you, it, yeah, it, when you it, hang with Hendrix, man, you can yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, and so yeah, so you know he was game six was haunting him a little bit, and so we go to game six and the Astros beat uh, beat the Phillies there. They, they beat him three games in a row because we were talking about it on Tuesday. And I was saying, you know, I think Philly takes two out of three. And then I think the Astros close out at home. But Philly only took one game. They even got no hit in, uh, you know, in the, in the next game, which was kind of crazy because we hadn't seen a no hitter in the World Series since Don Larson. And that's yeah. like World Series lore as we're growing up. Every book about the history of baseball has that story of the Don Larson perfect game in the World Series. So, it's was, it was kind of cool to see, but I don't I don't think that that no hitter was exactly like uh, Don Larson's no. was thinking about it, going like oh, I'm I'm throwing 130 pitches no matter what, and it's like nope, yeah. we're gonna throw three other relievers at you. <laughs> to get this that's, I mean that's how you get no hitters nowadays. You don't yeah. get a you don't get a guy throwing a no hitter so much anymore. You, you because. Even if a, if a guy's got a no hitter going to the ninth inning, he's throwing a hundred pitches. Everybody goes, "Oh my God, he's throwing a hundred pitches!" Yeah, how is he going to throw a no hitter at this point? You got to take him out. It's like, I mean, guys, Don Larson throw till his arm fell off. You know, back then you're going to throw a no hitter. When Lincecum threw one of those no hitters, uh, I think he was in the hundred and forties with pitches. Yeah, yeah, and like his next three starts, he was just terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he got the no hitter. But he got That's, the no hitter. You know, again, it, because you tag that on your resume when you're a when you're a former pitcher and you're just toiling around. Yeah, you got three World Series rings, but you also got a couple of no hitters, which is, I mean, and a couple of Cy Youngs too. So that, that's some good stuff. Speaking of hall of fame. No, I'm let's not go there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So um, very happy for dusty was glad to see it. Uh, You know, I was the pulling for the underdog in that series was fun, right? Oh yeah. When you stack, when you stack those teams up together, you're like, okay, it's pretty clear that the Astros are better. Uh, you know, they could roll out those arms uh, in seven, eight, nine, and man, that was tough. 
And, you know, it's not like the, the Phillies didn't, didn't fight back. I think it was game five. They were right there and, uh, and it just didn't happen for them. Uh, it was good to see Bryce Harper back on that stage or, uh, you know, just in, in the playoffs. I thought he had yeah. a, a really cool playoffs for him. Ultimately, I think it comes down to Aaron Nola and uh, Zach Wheeler, who are really good starting pitchers. They're just, they just weren't as, as I don't even know what the word is, but Ver, you know, Ver, Verlander didn't pitch great. Like he barely got through that second game, I think, you know, through five or whatever, but uh, they just didn't have, you know, the, the arms I think made, made the big difference. Um, Jeremy Pena won the MVP. I, the, like, it's so funny because a lot of these guys who, who, who were, who were big on the Astros and, and on the Phillies, like the reason why I know them well is because of MLB the show. Like they had like all these different cards from all these guys. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I know this guy like really well, even though he didn't play for my baseball team. So it was, it was like, cool. Like Zach Eflin. Exactly. <laughs> Framber. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jose Alvarado. I feel like I seven <laughs> cards of Jose Alvarado. Um, but no, the, you know, the world series, I think, I think the right team won. Maybe it yeah. wasn't as sexy of a World Series as probably Major League Baseball wanted. I know the ratings weren't fantastic, but, you know, it's Houston and Philly. Philly w- was back a little bit, and uh, it was kind of cool seeing those uh, those baby blue uniforms rolling yeah. out there. Because that's the, when we were growing up, that's what the uniforms were. That, that was the Michael Jack Schmidt uniform, yeah. man. I mean, that, and they were up two games to one. And when last time we did the show was uh, Tuesday night last week because of Halloween, and we sat there going, and I said they're going to go back to Houston probably up three games to two. It, you know, it flip flopped. They were down three games to two, and then only took one game, and that was it. But um, like you said, I mean, it's good for Major League Baseball too because you were saying going you know, last week that we were going to get to see hopefully a series uh you know world series game on a saturday yeah and then possibly a sunday night we got a saturday night game which yeah. was awesome yeah um I've, I've finally gotten back into hockey so i was watching you know a, 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 i am now a las vegas golden Knights. okay fan. that's what i was gonna vegas. ask yeah, you yeah. who are you rooting yeah. for so i'm a vegas golden knights fan because they are in our state and we go down to vegas often so you know it's it's fun it's just fun yeah. to watch a team i'd never i never became a sharks fan uh, I was always a Montreal Canadiens fan when I was a kid, but trying to watch East Coast hockey in the Bay Area growing up in the 90s and 80s, you, you just you couldn't do it. Um, so now that Vegas Golden Knights are part of our DirecTV package and they're in our state, uh, so and they're on an East Coast swing right now, so all their games are at four o'clock right now. So it was like you know I get to watch those, and then and then they're the breaks between periods are about 17 minutes so you set a timer on the watch hop over <laughs> the game for 17 minutes i watch baseball then i come back over yeah. here and then yeah. when that ended i got to switch over to san jose state so saturday night was a really fun night for sports lots of stuff going on you san jose state won they did and then they're, they're going to be on uh fox sports one at 7 45 this coming saturday night also so they're starting to get some big games what because- are they like six and three I believe so. Yeah, so they're six and three, but they did lose to Fresno, and they're tied for with Fresno for that um, 
actually, I think they're six and two. Uh, they're tied with Fresno in their division for the top, but Fresno has the tiebreaker. But they are now bowl eligible with that sixth win. So if they could just get one more win, I think they kind of are bowl lock at that point. Um, a fun team to watch. They are a really good defensive team. Um, and when they get rolling with the run game, man, they are a lot of fun to watch. You're right. They are six and two, second six in the Mountain two. West. Yeah. Let's, let's get them in the Pac 10, man. I know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Pac-12, right? Pac-12. Well, and then if, make it I mean, if, you, if USC and, and UCLA are leaving, yeah, right? Grab San Jose State and Fresno State. You got to have the rivals come over. Bring them in. Yeah. They, they'll, they'll, they'll play Stanford and Cal. Oh. Well, they play Stanford pretty much every year. Yeah. Well, they used to. They yeah. haven't done that in a long time. But to, yeah, San Jose State against Stanford, Cal. I mean, that would be great. And then maybe the recruiting would jump up just a Heck touch. Yeah. Uh, Coach Brennan has just done an awesome job with the team. So huge shout out. When we were in college. Now, remind me, were you gone at this point? But do you remember the Heisman Trophy campaign for Deontay Whitaker? I do, and I don't – I think I was there. What year would that have been? I don't remember. It was either my junior – if it was my junior year, you were there. But if it was my I, senior I, year, you were gone. I graduated in December of 98, but I did stick around for like another year doing, doing radio. radio stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, okay, maybe, maybe you were around. But, yeah, it would have been – either my junior or my senior year. So 98 or 99. But, uh, but yeah, I remember that there was a Heisman campaign and rest in peace, rest in peace, Lawrence fan, but Lawrence fan was kind of in charge of that whole thing. And uh, that was, uh, that was fun and they sucked and he was bad, but uh, yeah, it it didn't work out. But first Heisman campaign that we got to, we got to deal with it. But now, you know, the team's actually pretty good. So, I really owe it to myself to see if I can see them play live. I haven't been back to a San Jose State game. It's probably been like five years. Well, let's see if Saturday night at 745. Let's see if you're going. I don't remember if it's at home. I believe it's at home. It, it might rain, home. though. If it rains, I'm well, out. You tough it out. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's at Maverick Stadium. So uh, they the play ne- Utah State, so they're in Utah. So are they going to remake that New Mexico State game that they had postponed because of the young kid? I believe they are. Um, or You know what? They may not be able to. In college football, it's really hard to make up games, so I'm not sure if they're going to get that chance. Okay, here's the game. November 26th, so that's the weekend after Thanksgiving? Yes. Against yep. Hawaii on a Saturday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. There you 1230 go. 1230 PM. Perfect. That's the game. That's the game I got to go to. Nice. And usually cool. those games are on TV too. Uh, yeah. A lot of times. And they used to play Fresno state um, on Thanksgiving weekend. And see, I, I see that's the whole problem too, that I have with the, with the Mount West right now is that they just are not being consistent because that would kind of set up that you knew every Thanksgiving weekend, San Jose state and Fresno state were playing big rivalry could mean a lot, a lot on the line. And that could have been the game right there that would decide the division. Uh, But, but that's already been played three weeks ago at this point. So here's a question. Could we pull off a San Jose state sports podcast? Hmm. I mean, you're the, you're like 
upper tier alumni when it comes to San Jose State broadcasting. We there are a couple other guys too out there on Twitter who are doing their thing. Uh, Justin Allegheny is one of them. Um, I need to follow you know, him. I'm we could probably right do, we could probably do that with like four people, I bet. Um, because Allegheny, I think, is still doing San Jose State stuff. Um, yeah, we could we could probably pull it off. I don't know if we could do every sport, but we could probably do like baseball, football, and basketball, right? Justin Allegheny, broadcaster for San Jose State Spartans, voice on PlayStation's MLB The Show. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So uh, there, there's the radio portion of MLB, the show. It was a few years ago. I think they've gotten rid of it um, because they brought in that other guy. Now they do the video portion of it where, you know, he'll talk to Griffey and stuff like that. But um, but Justin was the voice of the radio updates that you heard in the background when you were doing the road to the show player. And uh, you were in you were in the locker room. Okay. And all of a sudden, this voice. Oh would yeah, 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 going. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a few years back. Okay. So here's another question for you. Yes. On a Giants podcast, he does do San Jose Giants, right? Uh, he did. He did. Uh, I'm trying to think of who does San Jose Giants right now. Well, I mean, Rizzo does the Rizzo does everything for for San Jose Giants, but. Like I think we can shoehorn it, shoehorn him in to come on with us. Like he's got so. a, a Giants background, and we can talk San Jose State. I hope people don't like unsubscribe because there's too no, much San Jose State. But that no. would be really fun. I think I that would be a blast because I guarantee you, there's a lot of our listeners that went to San Jose State and are familiar with San Jose State because they live in the Bay Area. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to try and make that happen. Brad like may have it. to make that contact. Um, all right. I will do that. Another news piece that we, we kind of mentioned. I think this was expected. Carlos Rodon opts out of that second year. He had a player's option, and he is a free agent. Uh, I don't imagine he's coming back. I would love to see him come back. We were talking in text with, uh, uh, with, with Brian and uh, JJ doesn't text us back anymore because he's a senior in college. Yeah, he's, um, he's, a, he's a big timer, man. He's, he's big time in us. That's fine. That's uh, fine. But you had you had thought that you know Radon could could see some some big dollars, and my thought is, I'd be really surprised if a team signs him to more than three years. Like signing the two year deal with the Giants last year. That was a safety thing because these teams wanted to see him go out there and and throw for a whole season. He proved himself and more, right? He is deserving yeah. of a five-year deal. Like this Absolutely. guy's deserving of a five-year hundred million dollar deal, but or hundred million or or more. But I still wonder if it is better for him to sign a shorter deal for more money rather than a longer deal for for less money. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. I, I don't care where he goes as long as it's not the Dodgers. He could even go to the Padres for all I care. I just don't want to see him in the Dodger uniform. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it, it comes down to it. Everybody's different. So there's no template. There's no formula. Some guys like to know where they're going to be for the next five or six years. They want to be comfortable. They want to know where they're going to be. Um, 
he did have a little bit to prove this year. So I'm sure that 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 two-year deal with the Giants with a one-year opt-out was ideal for him at this point of his career. Now I'm sure he would love to have some sort of stability. Um, again, if it were me, that's what I would like. Yeah. Um, I'm not a move-around type of person. Again, I'm also not in the major leagues, and I'm also not striking out 200 people a year. <laughs> so, so, so I can only speak from my perspective. Um you know, if I was moving jobs, I I don't think I would want to be in this city and, and then the next year, a different city. And then the year after that, a different city. I like establishment. I like to be settled in what it is that I'm doing. Um, look at this. I'm getting I'm getting more political calls. I got to turn this stuff off. Man. <laughs> this is just nonsense, nonstop. Um, so I, I would think at this point of his career, you know, he's got his wife, he's got his kids. They probably want to settle down somewhere for five to seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, kids go through school, all of that, not have the interruptions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I could see him probably at this point of his, in his life taking a five-year deal. Um, is it going to be with the Giants? We do not give five-year deals to pitchers. Uh, it is Probably not going to be with the Giants. Uh, I was watching Intentional Talk today uh, or yesterday. I can't remember. Uh, no, it was today. Yonder Alonso, who's on there, uh, he said the Rangers are where he thinks he's going to land. I've heard that a couple times before, too. So he isn't the first to say the Rangers. Uh, Bochi is there. They really need starting pitching. They've got an offense, but they need that starting pitching. Um, they also – so. Talk about identical. So we, we think the Rangers spent so much money last year and the Giants just, you know, spent some money and, and they have more money spent. Check this out. Giants payroll in 2022 was 168 million. <laughs> Rangers was 164 million. What? The Rangers were 4 million less than us. How? <laughs> in, in payroll. This coming year, with with everybody off the books at this point, um, you know, again, I don't know how SpotTrack calculates it, uh-huh. but right now, going into you know, as of today, Giants payroll is eighty two million, Rangers payroll is ninety two million, because more money has come off the books. Um, you, you know, so so both teams could make a push for Rodone. But but again, I don't think the Giants are going to give that five years. Will they offer him a three-year deal? Maybe. They might offer him a three-year deal. And at that point, he could say, all right, then I'll be in San Francisco for four straight years. I don't have to move. My kids can get three more years of school in the same place they were last year. That could happen. I don't see it, though. I see him wanting to kind of get somewhere. Um, I've also heard Twitter rumors. I love Twitter rumors. Um are, do you really love Twitter yes. rumors in the era of Elon Musk, though? I hate Elon Musk. <laughs> I hate political rumors. I love Twitter baseball rumors. I love Twitter football rumors. <laughs> Give those to me all day long because it always gives us something to go, oh, that could be a possibility. And then we start playing with it in our heads and going, hmm, how can we make that work like this to get Shohei Otani? Can we yeah, give up these guys exactly. to get Shohei? I love I love the baseball rumors. Any other rumors? Eh, you know, I don't want them. Um, but Angels, Braves, Phillies. I mean, Phillies could use them, right? We just talked about you got you've got Nola, you got Wheeler, and then you throw Radon in there, and you've got that three headed monster because Nola, I think, just 
exercised his options to stay. So he's actually going to be staying with the Phillies next year. Um, and then the other name that popped up is the White Sox, which is wow. the team that he left go. to come to the Giants. But the White Sox, I don't believe at this point, have a manager, right? They still don't have a manager in place. Yeah. Um, I mean, lack of Tony La Russa is probably a plus at this point, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Uh, you're going to get anybody else in there. I did hear... Th- Here's another fun Twitter rumor, though. I did hear when they were talking about managers for the White Sox, they were talking about possibly interviewing Ozzie Guillen. Yeah, that, yeah. Would, <laughs> that would be crazy. You bring that guy back to the White Sox? Uh, I don't know. So, yeah. There you go. Uh, okay, last thing, and this is going to be short. This is already one of our longer podcasts, and we talked about like having nothing to talk about, but <laughs> didn't happen. We always have something to talk about. Tomorrow, or actually probably tonight at midnight, the Willie Mays documentary is out on HBO Max. So do you think you'll have time this week to watch the documentary? I do. Uh, I just, I told you, I just dove into Andor. Yes. um, This this past weekend, I got super, uh, I was just, I was playing the show... Saturday morning, and I started to get a little bored because I mean we're we're now in November. Yeah, this is the, we're essentially at the end of the games. Uh, and, and we've been playing here. since March now, yeah. right? April, something like that. So I got a little bored. So I I, I was like, well, let me throw on Disney Plus because so many good Star Wars stuff on there, and so much good Marvel stuff. So I'm flipping around. I go Andor. I haven't started Andor yet. And if you like Rogue One, and if you think Rogue One is one of the best Star Wars, it's awesome. Yeah, then you're going to you're going to absolutely love Andor. It is adult Star Wars. It is very dialogue and story driven. I think in the first two episodes alone, there were maybe two blasters fired. And that was it. I mean, there's not we're not talking wars. We're yeah. talking this is a build up to why Andor hates the Imperials hates the, you know, the growing Republic that became Imperials. Um, anyways, I'm, 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 I'm going off on a tangent, but yes. So it is a three day weekend. What I like to do is I get up earlier than anybody in the house. Uh, I sit in front of the one, four K TV we have in the house. I put on the headphones, I lock it into the TV with Bluetooth and I'll watch shows in the morning. Uh, so, so yes, this three day weekend coming up, I will absolutely make time. Um, Bob Costas is on it. Um, Colin Hanks is part of it. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, giants historians that are a part of this, uh, Willie Mays son, Michael Mays, um, has a lot to do with this as well. So it's, it's very well put together. Willie Mays is now 91. Um, he's had a lot to say in his life. Uh, and, and so they're going to use a lot of those stories and then also kind of show a lot of probably clips we've never seen before. Uh, so I'm very, very much looking forward to it. Uh, when I watched the trailer, I got so excited because again, growing up in my house, um, you heard that name a lot and never got to see him play. Uh, I was born in 73. He retired in 73. Uh, but my grandmother, that's all she talked about. She had season tickets to the giants. So, and when we would go to games, it's all she would talk about and it would be Willie Mays day and we would get the Willie Mays poster and all this stuff. So, um, you know, I pretty much grew up as he is the giant. I mean, Barry Bonds, great generational talent. Like we talked about earlier, but Willie Mays is Willie Mays. Willie Mays is the original. You can't beat him. Uh, and I'm so looking forward to seeing what this, this, 
documentary is all about. I will say, and we'll get out of here right now, but Hank Aaron celebrated very much so uh, rightful. He deserves all the kudos he got for being who he was and dealing with what he did. Babe Ruth, the mystique, the legend. I'm not going to discount what that guy did, even though he, you know, didn't play against African-Americans, but still the first real rock star in, in, in baseball history. I still feel like Willie Mays, as much as people say that he was the best player that they ever saw, he still falls below both of those guys when it comes to fame, when it comes to stuff like documentaries, when it comes to baseball history. So I'm so happy that he gets his due on this documentary. Even happier that he gets to see this. Being 91 years old, like you said, right? Like he hasn't passed away. Unfortunately, Hank passed away last year. Gosh, you know, that was... That was a big thing. And then, you know, the Braves go out and win the win the World Series. That was sort of yeah. poetic in that way. I, I'm so happy that that they're doing this for him. HBO Max, HBO's great with this stuff. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Uh I'm I'm gonna make a, a point to watch it this week. I know you're gonna watch it this week. We're gonna have a review next week on this show about that. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Let us uh, let's get out of here, man. We we talked about San Jose State. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the hot stove. We talked. About Maybe we should home. call each other more during the week so we can just talk about other stuff. So then when we come on the show, we yeah, can well, just talk about the Giants. No. That's. A, it, it, I mean, it, it, it's great because I love. Yeah, I love talking about San Jose State. They're doing. They're yeah, doing yeah. Well. So let, let's just live it up. All right. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna get out of here, but we'll be back next week. Like I said, we're gonna talk about that documentary. So hopefully, everyone watch it. It's on HBO Max. Uh, it's it's gonna be fan. I just know it's gonna be really good. Oh, the, the God, H- yeah. HBO doesn't miss when it comes to this stuff. Just just watching the trailer. Just watch the trailer. Go to YouTube, everybody. Watch the trailer, and you'll get super excited. And then if you don't have HBO Max, uh, maybe they have a free preview for seven days. That's how I watched Spider Man No <laughs> Way Home go. this weekend. They got go. stars free for seven days. Watched it, canceled it. Um, <laughs> there you go. Do that with HBO Max. <laughs> All right. We will see you next week. So for Brad, I am Double G. We'll see when we see you. Peace out. Go vote. Peace.